the horror. Welcome to the horror. Hi, I'm Owen Edgerton. <laughs> and I'm Russell Sharman, and I... Ah, oh, thanks. Wow. Thanks. I think I'm in the wrong place. Listeners. This may have been a huge mistake. We're live at Fantastic Fest 2019. This is a live, live recording. Not when you're listening. You're listening to the past, uh, so I hope it's good out there. Uh, but we are at Fantastic Fest at the highball, the Alamo Draft House. It could be post-apocalyptic It could be. could be post-Brexit. We don't know when we're posting this. Uh, it could be anything. So we're we're here, and um, this is a this is a festival uh, sort of dedicated to horror and fantasy and wild movies, all the movies that you love, Russell. <laughs> yeah. So the the premise, if you don't know, uh, all all you hundreds of people here, uh, uh, I know I'm not such a fan of horror movies, uh, which is why <laughs> which is why this is a great idea for me to come to here. Fantastic Fest. And uh, and be a part of this yes special celebration yes of the genre yeah and we we have a special guest coming up pretty soon but before we do that the movie we're discussing so basically what we do Russell doesn't like horror movies I do like horror movies because I'm a human being with a soul and uh, and I assign Russell a horror movie uh, so I'm almost taking him through Russell's a professor of film <laughs> uh, and uh, and basically I take him through a school that we're going through he's he's getting his PhD in horror and then each each episode we we discuss it we've done a lot we've done some classics The Shining uh, we've done some uh, weird classics, Basket Case. We've done some Essentials, uh, Friday the 13th, Part 4, The Final Chapter, Night of the Living Dead, etc. And and this week, it was time to get something that I knew Fantastic Fans would like and I knew Russell would despise. It is uh, 1979's Phantasm. All right, yeah. how many, seriously, like, is this a movie that people know? Because I had never heard of it before. When I told Russell, I was like, we're going to watch Phantasm. And I was like, and he's like, what? No, I'm like, the tall man. He's like, no, I'm like, boy. Like, no, flying orbs. Like, no, I don't, nothing. It was like, how? I don't it's know like, how. That's Krull, right? The, the flying. <laughs> the fact that you thing. know Krull and don't know Phantasm. There was only one Krull. There were five Phantasms so far. That is so embarrassing for the genre. Um, so, true story. We watched this yesterday. And uh, I, I were staying with friends. I'm from Texas, but just visiting. Uh, for this, and uh, I go back, and my friend says, "Hey, how was the movie?" And I said, "What movie?" I literally forgot that I had watched the movie like two hours later. You have no idea. That is so in line with the storyline of Phantasm. You, it, was, this, it was all a dream. It was all a dream. Spoiler alert. Or was it? Maybe as an alternate reality, we don't know. Maybe Reggie is just in a nursing home suffering from dementia, right? We don't know. See, this only works if you've seen the movie, and I'm just not convinced it's that popular. Of a film. Oh my God! Okay, by round of applause, how many people here have seen Phantasm? <laughs> Great. By round of applause, how many people also saw Phantasm in its its 4K uh, redo? <laughs> Great. Cool. 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 How oh, many? It played, it played here, didn't it? Yes. I also did Ravenger. How many people saw? How many people have seen at least one of the sequels? Yeah. Great. How many people have seen? By the way, the listeners don't know, but this is the majority of the people in the room. <laughs> Applauding. Uh, how many people have seen all of the Phantasm movies? Okay, a more select group. Okay, good. Well, we do have a special guest. You ready, Russell? Because I want to uh, yes, hear please. your wrong opinions uh, in just a minute. But before we do, let's welcome to the stage founder of Fantastic Fest, founder of the Alamo Draft House, Mr. Timothy League. Sorry, I, 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 for, I forgot your name. But I just want to tell you, I don't like the cut of your jib. Gentlemen, that's all I'm no, going to start. Okay. I expect you to defend this to the death. I'm not going to defend it to death, but I think you're being kind of an asshole. That's all. <laughs> the fact that you said you don't like the cut of your jib is a perfect... That's, a, that's the kind of words Russell understands. Ah, cut of my jib. It was talk like a pirate day recently, wasn't it? <laughs> cut of your jib is not a pirate thing to say. It, it's a sailing thing. Is it? There's a jib and the... Yeah. Only rich academics know <laughs> words like that with your private sailboat. All right, so let's, let's talk about Phantasm. I would like to hear... Okay, so here's the thing. So this podcast was my idea, which is already problematic. I don't know why I subjected myself to this, but 
Um, so far, Owen has introduced me to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yes. Let's see if I can remember all these. The Exorcist, mm-hmm. which is a great film. Uh, what, what, what do you think of the other two that you just not mentioned? Not so much. Oh, my uh, goodness. And <laughs> uh, Friday the 13th, part four, we jumped right to four. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which I had seen as a kid and scared the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, because it's so damn good. Did not hold power over me this time. Uh, and then The Shining, brilliant film. And now Phantasm. And, and so here's the thing. And I know there are great horror films out there that I have not seen because I, I don't gravitate toward the genre. Um, for example, we just had Ari, Ast- what's his, Ari Astra, that's his name, right? Uh, on yeah. the stage. And I would love to see his film. I haven't, I haven't caught him yet. But I know they're probably really good and I keep waiting for they're them to make brilliant. me watch them. Yes. Instead, you make me watch this. <laughs> which just, it just is not... Okay, I understand, but there's a reason. There's a reason. And I so, feel like this is a giant practical joke on me. Uh, well, maybe, uh, maybe. Uh, so, Phantasm. So, so Phantasm, nineteen seventy nine, uh, Don Cassarelli's film. He wrote and directed it. I think this was maybe his second or third film. I'm not sure. He decided that horror was a way to go. He makes this film with some people he had worked with before, uh, Angus Grimm and these other guys, and he makes this huge movie. I think his first cut was like four hours or something. And then he cuts it together. It's the story. <laughs> this is always a hard thing of how do you tell this? It's a story about, I don't know. Uh, it's a story about a, uh, two brothers who discover that the tall man, this mythical uh, uh, alien from another planet or another dimension, it's pretty unclear, another planet, though, is uh, uh, harvesting the dead so he can shrink them down to be slave labor on this other planet. Because of the gravity and the heat. And the heat. That's 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 why. <laughs> that's the, that's the point. And uh, and this is why. And I, I'm curious if Tim has these similar thoughts. So uh, we were t- talking about why we love The Shining, and The Shining has this uncanny uh, terror about it. Like it's weird, and uh, a lot of times I don't know why the movie puts me in such a weird place. It's got kind of a. And the way I was sort of thinking about it is like, oh, it's interesting. Having read the novel The Shining, the the novel has story and thought and backstory, and the film has images and images and images often uh, removed from backstory. And I was like, oh, kind of like that finger is removed from a hand in Phantasm. I think it's what started my thinking. So Phantasm is just completely uncanny. Like, it doesn't quite make sense. The editing is bizarre. Um, Sometimes the genre switch in a lot of different things. The fact that it is, like, Reggie dies, but then he doesn't die. (laughs) Characters are are met that you never see again ever. Um, But it's got this weird dreamlike quality I love, man. I, th- I d- open your heart, dude. I just, I love it. T- Tim, was that a question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I can love a movie um, and not love sort of the narrative arc of a movie, right? And there's there's things about Phantasm that I think are really special. Um, I I like uh, I like I like the the weird relationship with the brothers. I, I like. I, I saw it pretty young, and I uh, identified with the Michael Baldwin character strangely. Yeah. I think that uh, when you create a, a, a horror icon like the the tall man, you've done something quite significant in this genre. It's just something that stays with you. And the uh, the device of the spheres, like taken in isolation, these like little elements of the movie, I think are are legendary. Um, and yeah, it's flawed. It doesn't make any sense. And I don't know if if he really knew what he was doing when he was making this movie. And I, I you can say it's got this dreamlike quality. It could also be that um, it just was a mess. I don't know. <laughs> but I love I love the mess. I love I love that it's this young kid, basically in his mid twenties, you know, risking everything to make something that he finds amazing. And yeah. you can see the passion in it. And I think. And I agree. There's this otherworldly quality that you can't quite put your finger on when you watch it. It's it's like nothing else. Yeah, that's you know it's interesting. You say you saw it when you were young, because mm-hmm. I got a couple of things come to mind when, as you're talking. First of all, I mean I mentioned like I saw a Nightmare on Elm Street when I was a kid, and it gave me nightmares. I saw Friday the Thirteenth when I was a kid, and it terrified me. And I see them as an adult, and they don't hold that same power. Yes, probably because I'm dead inside, but. But also, there's something about how they access us as children. In the same way that I, I love Star Wars, but I recognize that if I saw that as an adult, I probably would not have the same connection or attachment to it. There's a certain nostalgia factor. I wonder if that's part of it. I don't know. So uh, I also saw Star Wars a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I would stand that, you know, with the passage of time, that. 
Phantasm is a way more meaningful movie to me. It felt right. Star Wars falls a little flat for me narratively. Uh, I'm sure. sorry for anybody that finds that super offensive, and there's probably in this uh, in this room there's probably like. 16 people that do. But the uh, tweets, Tim League hates Star Wars. <laughs> I don't hate Star Wars. I, I, have, a, I have a nostalgia for Star Wars. But I, but, uh, uh, and I, I respect you know, what, it's, what it's built. But it, it, there's, it, I would much rather sit down and watch Phantasm again because I think it's this unex- uh, hard-to-pin-down quality that's special about it. So, I, yeah, I think that, too. I think, like, so part of it, like, I, I've heard you say that before, like, the nostalgia quality. I don't know if it, the nostalgia quality is when you're like, oh, I yearn for my younger days and, and how I experienced things there in that way. And sometimes nostalgia means I yearn for how the world was that way. Maybe in this case it's like you yearn for how you used to experience film in that way. Yeah. And so when you're a younger kid, you could watch and, like, you're not going, wait a second, that shot's bad. Oh, wait a second, that lighting is kind of screwed up. And that actor is... Not what we call acting, uh, and maybe like you. So that that's not an issue with the movie. That's that's an issue with the viewer. Is Russell, it? is it? <laughs> well, this brings me to my next question for our panel of experts, um, and that is: it does seem to me, and I was I was speaking with someone before about this. Um, it seems to me that the genre itself does seem to, like you say, it's got these great ideas in it, but it's flawed, and you recognize that, but that's okay. Um, there's this young kid, this director, you know, figuring it out and maybe making mistakes, but they're beautiful mistakes. It seems to me the genre and fans of the genre sort of forgive that shaggy quality in a way that we don't with other genres. Like, there are bad rom-coms, and no one is putting on a festival <laughs> to celebrate rom-coms in the same way. I don't It might be actually not even just forgive, but celebrate, uh, which is a really good observation, though. There's there's something, I think, wh- when you're seeing, like, as, as Tim was saying, there's, like, joy and passion behind be- this making this film, and you do see that. You see these practical, bizarre uh, uh, effects that are being put in there. And, and seeing the strings a little bit is like, hell yeah, because I could do that, too. Um, so many people who are, like, fans of horror are involved in some way. Maybe it's just, you know, the weird stuff they do at home, the weird podcast they do, or whatever, but there's, like, a lot of, like, I, I, I celebrate and consume, and I also create. And I think also, and this is a big thing, I think, um, so many times we watch movies, and, and as, as frequent movie watchers, we know what's going to happen, right? You're watching a movie, and it's a Netflix movie, and you're like, okay, this is when they're going to become friends, but they're not going to become romantic friends. Oh, they're going to have a breakup at the end of Act 2. Oh, he's going to do something that humiliates himself, but it's charming to win her back. Oh, they're going to get back together in Act 3. We know it. We know exactly what's going to happen. And not even just overall arc, but scene to scene, we know. So Phantasm comes along, and, you know, what, what the fuck is happening? Like, you know, so there's all of a sudden he's getting attacked by the, the tall man, and then we're, we're seeing Jody sitting in a chair going, hmm, hmm. And then it goes back to him. We don't, and then he's chasing Jody down the road when Jody's a, riding a bicycle. We don't know why these things are happening. And because that surprises us, I'm like, that's great. Sometimes it makes us go, what the hell? But uh, overall, I, I want a movie to make me say, what the hell? So those, those maybe mistakes, maybe the mess, uh, but the dreamlike aspect of it, that it surprises me, that's, that's worth it. Well, and, and this is something that we talk a lot about, which is I'm not saying that somehow there's something wrong with you for liking it. I'm just not accessing it as a viewer. Like, it's not working for me, and I want to understand. For example, like The Shining, I think, is a brilliant film. We yeah. watched it again recently, and uh, so much about it I love. Um, I think I love it because it's a Kubrick film that happens to be in that genre, just like 2001 is a brilliant film, and it happens to be science fiction um, I would say the same for Exorcist and Friedkin. Probably also uh, Rosemary's Baby falls into the same sort of category for me. Um, but there's, I don't know, there's something about the genre itself, beca- I think because it lends itself so often to let's just try something that it falls flat because we don't have a Friedkin or a Kubrick behind the lens making the film. Um, and that's just a taste thing, I think. Or maybe... Maybe not. Maybe I need to open my heart more. Maybe you need to we- the mess. So I'm I'm curious just to, so I have a context. Like, how many horror movies have you seen? Is this like a is this a T- new path of Tim, discovery? Or have you not been listening to our podcast? I've not I'm been s- listening to your podcast. I'm getting a <laughs> creeping feeling. <that laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I I've been sticking with one of the first words you said, um, and uh, was you confirmed that you didn't like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's a real, that's, for me, that's a real problem. And I, uh, 
but that's from my taste, my sensibilities. Yeah. I can understand if somebody doesn't like horror, but to me, that's one of the most pure expressions of this genre. And so I think there's just this dividing line. And, I, and I'm actually fine if somebody doesn't like horror, because I think people are just made differently, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a physical reaction that I have of exceptional horror and, uh, and also that feeling of, of discomfort and not knowing what is gonna happen and fear that you have that I actually really love. Mm -hmm. And, but if you don't really love that, I think yeah. you're a lost cause for the horror genre, and that's fine. You can you can watch whatever the fuck you watch. <laughs> yeah, we we just discovered Twenty Seven Dresses. It's my favorite movie. You do love Twenty Seven Dresses. You recently watched what the the unicorn store? unicorn store. <laughs> it's a it's a wonderful movie uh, on Netflix now. Check it out. Um, <laughs> no, and, and we we've, we've also talked about this. I. I I actually do enjoy being unsettled mm. in films. So Michael Hanukkah is probably one of my favorite filmmakers, and I've watched Funny Games in its original and its English yeah. version. I mean, that's a fucked up movie. That's disturbing. Uh, Caché is another pretty fucked up movie uh, of his. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not necessarily that, that I don't enjoy being unsettled. I do think, in some ways, the genre gets a little bit lazy or takes for granted the goodwill of its audience sometimes. Um, and really great films, like what I imagine Hereditary or Midsommar, or however you say it, um, I, I'm actually anticipating watching those because I, I, I already feel like I can trust that filmmaker to give me something exciting and interesting that I've not experienced before in the genre because you keep making me watch Phantasm <laughs> instead of good movies. So this, that's a good point, okay. So I, I knew you'd like Shining, okay? The Shining is, is an easy one. I knew you'd like The Exorcist, okay? Because it's got Catholics in it too and you love Catholics. So, um, uh, the Who doesn't love Catholics, huh? <laughs> Any Catholics in the room? There you go. Who's been there loved by a Catholic, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so, uh, but, but it, it's, it's kind of like it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things like, hey, if you can't take me now, you don't get me then. Like, hey, if you don't like me, Phantasm, you don't get me Shining. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a meme. Uh, but like, so it is a question. Like, I want you to understand the horror genre. Uh, and I know it's hard to describe the taste of ice cream to a man that doesn't have a tongue. Um, but like, th this is an important flavor. And, and I gotta say, I don't quite understand myself why either. Like, I don't know exactly. Like, I think Tim nailed it in a little bit of like, one of the things that I respond to and I think people respond to with the phantasm stuff is not just the bizarre editing, which does sort of like throw you off and everything, but also uh, it also uh, has these iconic things. It does have like the orb and it does have the tall man and those things have survived. They got into our, well not, you didn't know about either one of them, no, did I you? I didn't know about either one of them. But I mean, thinking uh, people and uh, <laughs> caring people, they, they know, they know who that is. No, don't get me wrong, there, there are moments in this film that I thought were really affecting. Um, and I, we always do our favorite scene, or I, I say my favorite scene in a film. Uh, and, and I have to say oh, least favorite. Yeah. Um, and the orb moment, if you guys know the, the movie, it's the, really the only gore in the movie, really, is the orb in the... Well, there's a hand, and the finger is but getting... it's not, it's yellow pus, it's not like blood. I guess um, you're right, the most gory moment is that. Uh, it's this orb, like... Lodges into this caretaker's head. Who's the caretaker? We don't know who that is. We only meet the character briefly before. Uh, and, and there was a, actually, there was a, and this is so weird because I said it about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. My favorite scene was uh, the crawling up on the ceiling and the blood everywhere. For someone who doesn't like horror, it was the really gory scenes that got me. And that one was sort of exciting. It's not my favorite. I have a favorite. Um, and there was another moment when... You like that scene, then, when the orb flies in. Because, I don't know, it felt, it felt visceral, it felt um, exciting, like so much of the movie just felt weird student film experimental that that felt, I don't know, somehow uh, visceral and exciting. It was fun watching it with you and, and, and knowing that you didn't <laughs> know this movie. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like if you're... Well, you, I don't know if you've seen Psycho, but it's like a... I have seen Psycho. Okay. It, it was like watching Psycho someone who'd never seen Star Wars when they turn on the lightsaber, like, whoa, a sword made of light. When you saw that orb come around the corner, you're like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> and that was like a great moment just to watch you. Like uh, a child, like a child. And there was another moment, which we'll get to you, where the, I, there was... So I watched Evil Dead a lot in high school, high. So I have 
and a relationship with that movie. The one or two? Two. Okay. Uh, I have seen the first. Right. Um, but as far as I understand, two is basically a remake of the yeah. first well, one yeah, with I, more I, I, money. Evil Dead 1, 2, and 3 are very, very, very different movies, sure. and they've got their own okay. uh, level of perfection. And I saw Army of Darkness. It was hotly anticipated for me yeah. in college when it came out. Uh, but Evil Dead 2, so it has a special place in my heart for high school, high school where I was smoking pot a lot. Um, to me, it's a comedy, less a horror movie. And there's a, definitely a moment in Phantasm where I was like, oh, this is going like Evil Dead territory. And then it, and then it didn't. And then it sort of left that oh. behind. What's this, go ahead and tell us what scene you're talking about where you thought it was going to enter Well, Evil when Dead. he goes through the portal and he sees the Jawas going in the desert... <laughs> There was definitely like a oh this is like this the Evil tall Dead. man's planet it's like the end of Evil Dead or Army of Darkness this I thought oh cool and then it didn't go there there is uh. a there is a funny sort of little anecdote about the the Jawas uh, in Phantasm because he shot his Jawas um, uh, before uh, but he hadn't put his oh, movie, really? he hadn't put his movie out yet and then they go to see Star Wars <laughs> and he's like. Oh, Son of a bitch. Shit, man. What am I going to do? And he did nothing. And it's like, he's got his little Jawas, and everybody thought he stole the Jawas, but he was first, man. See? See, Russell? Well, I will give him that these Jawas are much more entertaining than the Star Wars Jawas. Yes, yeah. They speak less, but yeah, but they're mean. Uh, so let me ask you this. Then that scene, you like that because it kind of got into the mythos? Or is that why? What was it? What was it that yeah, you, know? I, you know what it was? I think it was. It was a, f- a moment where I felt like, okay, this guy had a plan, yeah. the, the filmmaker. Like, it, he wanted to take us somewhere all along, even though it felt like it was, like, making it up as it went along, which I know that's not how movies work. You can't make a movie and make it up as you go along. It does kind of feel that way, though. Unless you're mumblecore or something. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I knew, so I was like, oh, like, this is all going to, like, lead somewhere. Um, and I know it, do- it does sort of, but then the ending, again, if you guys have not seen it, I apologize. It's, you're not going to spoil Phantasm <laughs> at Fantastic Fest. <laughs> but the, and Norman I, Bates is the killer. I'm... Oh. <laughs> but, the, I mean, we've even had this conversation about the whole it was all a dream. Yes. It's like the worst way you can end a movie. Yeah. <laughs> was, was it all a dream, Russell? I think it's pretty, yes, that's what the movie is saying. Maybe you're dreaming. And, and I will say, there was a part of me that thought, well, at least that excuses some of the weird editing and the repetitive establishing shots and like what looked like bad filmmaking was more dream logic. And I, I kind of could, could get with that a little bit. It yeah. still kind of pissed me off that he wasn't, didn't have the strength of his convictions to stick to an idea and just made it all a dream. I... He did, well, I don't know. I mean, it's not your classic, this is all a dream yeah. type of uh, uh, ending that's so frustrating. This is a little bit more uh, off kilter, off balance to me. Um, and I, I can buy into the idea of uh, this whole uh, concept being uh, a young kid's fear of, of death and dealing with death and the death of his brother. And that's the fantasy in his brain. So, um, and, But again, I think it goes back to my, my earlier point of, yes, this movie is far from perfect. Um, but it is uh, charming as shit. And like, I think when you were in uh, a, f- a festival environment also, like a lot of, a lot of my favorite movies at uh, like Fantastic Fest here are movies that aren't perfect, but I see, uh, I see greatness in them. And I also see people reaching beyond their means to tell stories that they're passionate about uh, and doing, putting their everything out there uh, 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 and and you can you can look into the future and say okay this is somebody who's clearly got talent and I'm excited to follow this person's career so I can find joy in that um, whereas I I acknowledge uh, that uh, I mean nobody can really honestly say that Phantasm is not a mess I think Don would probably say geez you know I was 25 I was kind of making it up as I went along or whatever you know but uh, uh, but I love the 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 joy of the discovery of this ride that Phantasm represents. Oh, wow, I like what he said. Yeah, Tim's right. How do you feel now, stupid? <laughs> well, and I, you know, as, you, as you're saying this, I, I do know how hard it is to make a movie. Yeah. And anytime anyone is able to get a film in the can that's got a beginning, middle, and end for whatever it's worth, that's admirable. Yeah. And I can appreciate that struggle. And I certainly can also appreciate, you know, in the same way we were watching... Um, it was a Friday the 13th Part 4 where he references uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the girl jumping out of the window. Mm-hmm. Like, there are all these sort of visual images like that orb 
uh, I think become iconic and like I, I can appreciate how you can appreciate that. <laughs> But I think you can also. <laughs> I think I think that was a thinly veiled insult. <laughs> I can appreciate. It. I you think can hopefully appreciate. you can also appreciate it. when someone comes to it cold as an adult uh, <laughs> and has no frame of reference. It's hard to situate it into a kind of context of risk taking horror film. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Like, oh, what? How does I don't know how this from any other horror film or anything like that. You're like saying, well, I don't know if this is risk taking. I don't get the references. Right. I just see like weird jump cuts and weird establishing shots that don't make sense. So this, I gotta say, I, I appreciate what you're saying about like a horror movie, like or any movie. Any movie's hard to make. That's sure. That's that's fine. I agree. Uh, I don't know if it's an excuse for any horror movie. You know, for any movie. Uh, I, you know, it's like, okay, that's it is hard. I mean, people put a lot of effort into it, and I get that. For Phantasm, I don't just like it because, oh, you know, he made it. I do appreciate that he made it, like, cheap, and he made it using what he had at, in his resources. And he, and he made it outside of the studio system, and then, you know, Phantasm 2 with a studio. But he made it on his own. And for me as a filmmaker, what I watch, and I rem it reminds me in a really great way, um, when I watch like The Shining, I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. I don't quite know how to do that kind of brilliance. There's something going on here that I don't quite get. When I watch Phantasm, I'm reminded like, oh, I should never be boring and I should always be trying for deeper, weirder, and stranger. Mm. And like, you, that's what Dom was doing in that movie. He's like, that, it, it's weirder. And like, he's, he is not playing it safe. Like, there's nothing in there that plays it safe. He's just doing weird things. He's switching genres. He could have taken a safer route. And for me, I'm like, oh, yeah. That that part of it, like the bizarreness of it, totally totally overwhelms any sort of flaws in acting or directing or anything like that. No, I think it's well said, and I and I can see. Yeah. So Owen is a big-hearted person. He loves everything <laughs> and everyone. He loves everyone so much that it's hard for him to imagine that people could think differently. And, and not appreciate all of the same things. But you know what's interesting about you is like you don't watch comedy. I you, don't watch much comedy. You yeah. don't like watching, but you do comedy for a living yeah, in some ways. You know, um, but you don't watch Surgeons it. don't, don't like... come home and cut things up. <laughs> but there must be a reason why you don't necessarily embrace that genre. Can yeah, you put your finger on it? No, it's just, uh, oh, I guess it's, maybe it's this. I just like, it's more fun. Like, I, I'm with Tim of like, I love that feeling of like, what's around the corner and strangeness and everything. I don't know, maybe, I'm not sure. I could, no, I can't. We'll have, that'll be our next podcast. You can have this me. This will evolve. You can we'll have just, me watch the unicorn Sometimes store. I feel like it's a comedy genre podcast with some of the movies that we've watched. Oh. Um, but I will say too, I think Phantasm actually sl has slightly better effects than uh, even Nightmare on Elm Street. There were, there were definitely. It, like given which ones? its budget, yeah, that's kind of impressive. Like the orb, yeah, the was orbs. an impressive effect. There's some shots the, in there. Watching it again, that I was like, just to geek out on a little bit. Like I love the G Reggie's turned over ice cream chuck shining oh, in the yeah, night. The light? Remember that? Very the Citizen light. Kane, right after the newsreel footage in Citizen Kane with the. Anyone with me here? Well, uh, the funny the thing is, Don lighting. filmed it before Citizen Kane, <laughs> and then he went to see Citizen Kane. He was. He was really mad. Uh, everything that takes place in the mausoleum, which of course is you know completely cheaply made, but I just love everything in there. Uh, yeah, one of my favorite. The, my favorite scene is in the mausoleum. Everything that happens in the mausoleum is really cool. Um, I'm, you know, of course the orb, Anger Scrim. Do you want to? Should we just talk about how great he is? Uh, sure. Because <laughs> he's pretty great. It, 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 and is he really an iconic figure? Is this a figure yeah, that people yeah. like? Yeah. It's a touchstone of. Yeah, I mean, largely for this role, um, he also played Abraham Lincoln in like a, a made-for-TV movie. I can totally and he see was, that. He was a really off-putting Abraham Lincoln. I recommend. Uh, maybe it's just my lens of seeing Phantasm first and then <laughs> seeing the tall man as Abraham Lincoln. It was the most terrifying portrayal of Abraham Lincoln. Wow, want to see that? That's really cool. Um, all right, so let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think about our time. Can I ask one more yeah. one more question? Um, and I know it's not always fair, but this seems to come up a lot, especially not fair given when the film was made. Um, but can we talk just a little about his treatment of women in this movie? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're bringing out that chestnut. Uh, but it, again, it, it comes up a lot in these, in these films. And granted, so, we've watched a lot of movies from the 70s and 80s. And 
and I, I think we've come a long so way I'm, since then. I'm trying to think of the there's the woman that is the tall man, right? The woman in satin, I think, is like she doesn't have her name. Is that right? Uh, yeah. The lady in lavender. La- lady in lavender, right? The lady Was that in, in the credits or something? They don't call she, her that in the movie. Yeah, she. I mean, she returns in in oh, uh, future sorry. films. Yeah, she's a reoccurring <laughs> character. Then there's uh, there's the the fortune teller and her daughter. Right. Right. And then there's Susie and Sally. I think. Well, yeah. My only point is that. Th- the few women that are in it um, are either, obviously, the tall man as this sort of honeypot kind of yeah. situation, yeah, um, with the gratuitous nudity that only has women naked, and uh, and the other women, there's not it, they're not in it, they're not they're not important characters. We do at all. see some of Tommy's white ass. That is, we do, yeah, we do. Don't forget that. And I appreciated that parody. That was important. <laughs> Um, but do you feel that that is, especially in the 70s and 80s, do you feel like that's something that's a part of the genre that sometimes you're a little bit like, eh, I wish I wish it wasn't uh, oh, always gratuitous, so exploitative? The gratuitous nudity? Not just that, but just the exploitative, the way in which women are not necessarily s- featured. In this, this is a pretty lean story, right? This is a, a story yeah. about brothers and a creepy old dude at a mausoleum. Like, it's not like there's a, a massive amount of storytelling beyond that. Everything else is just sort of window dressing for that. Fair. Um, so Very it's a, fair. you know, so I, I, I'd say, yeah. I mean, there's a, a reflection of the time more than anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's this this one I wouldn't necessarily uh, cast that uh, uh, only oh, because for sure. it's, a, it's a lean, it's a lean, just a lean, lean, lean story. That yeah. happens to be very dude centric. <laughs> this one is pretty dude centric, but and love the guns. It's very, very gun centric. Oh, wait till movie. you watch the sequels, dude. I'm not gonna watch the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that you love about this movie is in the sequels and spades, dude. Just come on. First one was I don't free. Think, I think you should leave it. I don't think you should watch the sequel. <laughs> it's just gonna. I mean, to be fair, I mean, I, I like the whole. I like the whole saga. Um, Even the, Tim is squirming. The phantasm. <laughs> One you've seen you've seen the best. So if you really don't like right. the best, is there another I, like <laughs> ten minute take of him putting together a bullet and a tack and a hammer? <laughs> there there is no one of the best uh, car crash scenes in the history of cinema oh. uh, coming. If you're going to invest the time, my better friends. than the Blues Brothers. Yes, <laughs> car wreck. Okay. Uh, there, there is something kind of interesting. So this is a room of people who do love horror movies, right? So uh, w- except for you, Brian, you're, you're on the edge, yeah, on the fence about uh, uh, horror movies. Uh, and it does strike me, like I, I rem- when we were talking last uh, last episode, it, it really did for the first time. It was like, oh, you mean it when you say that you don't like being scared in movies. I know you're okay with being uncomfortable and weird tension, but scares, <laughs> you don't like that. <laughs> That doesn't like no no fun. By the way, you that doesn't work. <laughs> it didn't scare you. Okay. But it will later. But no, and it, it's, it's a fair point. I I um there are movies that have scared me. Like I said, I don't like that feeling. Yeah, it, it's not enjoyable. Yeah, to me. And I know for a lot of folks, there's a kind of catharsis. I guess like that that's part of it is that feeling of, and you've talked about it, sort of confronting death and then getting to the other side and and realizing it has no power. Or Which, of course, is what this movie is all about. It's like all well, about sure. fear of death, fear of... I don't, I don't buy into that, though. The, the okay. whole catharsis and confronting death. I don't either, I, but I know, know what he but says. I, but I like it. Mine is, I think my take on it is much more simplistic in a way that uh, um and maybe I should just never be around methamphetamines or something like that because I, I like... I think that's a given. I'm I just like going to go out and put that well, out who there. Who knows? Uh, but uh, I like the thrill. Like, I, I love... Uh, I love going to a movie with my friends and getting scared and getting my heart rate going. And then I like the sort of sort of afterglow effect of that. Like, after the movie's over, just like, oh, my God, that was so goddamn awesome. And I, I, it's sort of like a bonding experience uh, after feeling like an adrenal rush. And I don't yeah. think it's more complicated than that. I like cool things on screen. I like iconic characters. And I like my heart rate going and hanging out with friends and drinking beer. So maybe I'm just an idiot. <laughs> but uh, but that's, that's on a base level, that's why I like a simplistic horror movies. Yeah. But then going to the cinema, also, I like, I like if you can merge incredible storytelling and... Uh, Bring me something I haven't seen before. Give me surprise and adrenaline. Oh my God, I'm on cloud nine. Well, and, <laughs> the, and I will say, I what I respect about the genre and what you're saying is, as a someone who loves film, uh, I I so respect when a movie can create a somatic response, like it can actually do something to you. That's why I love comedy. It makes you laugh. There's like a physical response. Or I love comedy too. I don't know what's wrong with, with Owen. That's something we should like delve into later maybe. Probably should. Uh, 
or you know, or a drama if it makes you cry. Um, but and, and I know that this is me. I know this is my shit. Like I don't like crying. Like I, I, it's not just that I can't cry. I don't like crying. I don't like accessing that part of me. I don't uh-huh. like getting that vulnerable. This is where we have therapy for me. <laughs> Keep and going. All of my Keep baggage. Going. Yeah. It all started with my parents. Um, how, how tall is your father? <laughs> uh, I'm taller than him now. I don't no, know. I, I should. Anyway. Um, Boy. So, <laughs> so, so I know that like I know that's a block in me that I and. And I think that's maybe why I don't connect with the genre is that I don't like what it could do to me, and so I avoid it. I freely admit that, which is why I'm not saying like people are crazy for liking horror. I know that it's a taste thing, and I know that it's partly me. I also have problems with this movie as a movie. Don't get me <laughs> wrong, but I, I also know there's like something going on with me that 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 I want to distance myself from. That thank God I'm married. If I were single, this is like the worst Tinder app. Uh, application <laughs> ever. I don't like accessing my emotions <laughs> at all. Uh, I think, by the way, Tim, what you said about like love and adrenaline, I do think there's still a thing like with that is still a, like a safe confrontation with death. All right, not to like go too deep, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's not that complicated, but I think sometimes it's a little bit like a near miss of a car wreck. Like, oh my god, that car went slammed into me, and there's that feeling like all those emotion, those chemicals get in you, like, oh, and then everyone in the car looks at each other, like, oh. Ah, and we sigh and we laugh together. That that's something that happens in a movie where you're like, I'm gonna go ahead and play in in play with death and mortality in the cultural dreamscape, which is cinema, and 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 sort of play with those ideas. And they're gonna get weird and strange, and maybe I have to make up the story later when I'm talking about it, like with Phantasm, where you're like, Yeah, there's a story. This is it. It doesn't say that in the movie, but it's implied. But I, I think there is like a little bit of like. All right, I'll, bu- I'll buy it. There's something deeper to my feelings of just liking the adrenal rush. Uh, yeah. Maybe I am trying to confront uh, uh, the, the deaths that have happened in my life. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> and Russell, it's, it's okay that you're, you're hard. I do like that you're wearing the turtleneck, by the way, for this segment. This moment? I feel like yeah. at, at, by the end of this, you guys are going to be married again. <laughs> I'm the marriage counselor. And, um, like, I, I think actually it's really insightful that you're like, because I remember you were talking about like Midsummer. Like, you're kind of nervous about seeing it. We haven't seen it. You, I, oh, for sure. Yeah, I've seen it. And you haven't seen it yet because you're like, ah, that's, that really might freak me out. And it will. Midsum- yeah. Midsummer, uh, is, from my opinion, is more of a comedy, honestly. Mm. And I find it By sort the way, of Ari's sort hilarious. Ro- romantic comedy, if you will. Uh, romantic comedy, maybe sort of revenge movie. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's a take I, on it. I, I, th- I think it is. I think if there were an Academy Award for Best Romantic Comedy, I, as a non-voting member of the Academy, would nominate that to win the prize. That would be your rom-com of the year. Yeah, a rom-com of the year, yeah. Wow. How about that? What, t- take that to the Unicorn Store. <laughs> it's a fine film. You should check it out. Unicorn Store on Netflix. Uh, I don't know. I keep plugging it. I know. Did you did, did you work on Unicorn Store? No, but the first podcast episode we did, I was supposed to watch Night of the Living Dead, and I forgot, and I watched Unicorn, Unicorn Store. Store. <laughs> and then I had to stay up late and watch Night of the Living Dead. So it was a double feature. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I know this is not the subject of this podcast because you've already done it, but once this podcast is over, I need to talk to you about why you want to shit on Night of the Living Dead, too, because it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Night of the Living Dead are very, it's, it's scripture to me. It is, they're very important movies. Um, and That's why they were my first two. Uh, how old yeah. were you when you saw those movies? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I was in high school. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, I was in high school. Both of them okay. in high school. I went through this, like, regimen of, of horror and from, like, 82 to 88. Yeah. Well, my, my argument might be, well, I wonder if you'd saw them when you were 47. I don't give a fuck about your argument, dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that's my point. What? Is it's not about, it's not about, like, logic. No, I know. It's about you black and white it. and truth and yeah. reality yeah. and your lack of understanding <laughs> of it. <laughs> now you've got, now you understand the podcast. This has been weeks of this. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just a poorly made movie. Um, <laughs> but he, you know what he did call it? Uh, to, to Russell's cl- c- credits, he called uh, Night of the Living Dead the Citizen Kane of, of horror movies. Like, it's an essential. It does a lot of things that have never been done before. It's also in black and white. A lot of people uh, love it. And how he feels about both Citizen Kane and Night yeah, of the Living Dead. Yeah, do you Dead. like Citizen Kane? I'm just curious. It's not my favorite. Yeah, it's not my favorite. But either. it's important. Yeah. Sure. I understand its importance. Yeah, it's made by a young guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he also, he didn't like Nightmare. He didn't like... Well, okay, so this is also my... So I will also say Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for me, is like the new Hollywood 
uh, of horror. Like I recognize its importance in changing the genre okay. and reinventing the genre and creating this whole new movement. What, what, what exactly do you mean by Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, is the new Hollywood of horror? Meaning like in 1967, you get Bonnie and Clyde, you yeah. get The Graduate, and then you get Easy Rider, and you get this whole shift in Hollywood of a new okay. kind of oh, cinema. So it was influential in shifting the yeah, course. Okay, exactly. I got it, got it, got it. Um, so Night of the Living Dead to me is like classic, like golden age, and then uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is all like in theory. I understand intellectually the importance of those films. Um, even Bonnie and Clyde, which I think is brilliant. I mean, it's flawed. It's got some. I think it flaws gets, it gets back film. to the to, to the, the the very definition of somebody that that likes horror and that doesn't like horror. Because for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's there's nothing better than that movie for putting you into this crazed state of mind. This like discomfort this uh, really titillated feeling, and I don't know where the fuck I'm going, and I am scared shitless. And then I like that. Yeah. yeah. You and don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's, and yeah. it's, I'm going to offer a handshake across the aisle to say it's okay well, that thanks, you're man. fucking wrong. <laughs> But that's a I beautiful, appreciate that. That's I a beautiful do. note. So we, we have a couple <laughs> things to uh, before we before we're gonna we, make out later. We uh, we have our moments where we the few things business wise we have to talk about is uh, what's going to be the next film that we make Russell watch. Uh, and I would love actually a bunch of recommendations and of please, different. Please, like a really good one, like a re a movie that I cannot deny is a great movie. And or, also scares the but shit. But by the way, he also said, I thought the thing was good except for the parts with the monster. The slimy, the slimy <laughs> it made, puppets. It would have cool movie if there had been no alien <laughs> and they were just paranoid. It's no, like, I'm fine with the alien. It's the slimy puppets uh, that threw me. Yeah, it's gonna, a great movie. The last you, scene is amazing. Kick you in the mouth. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, the spaceship in the opening scene. <laughs> Of the thing is terrible. Okay, all right. Let's, Fine. Uh, that's that was my one thing too, and that comes to the next thing where we, Tim and I will have to decide one thing. One like in, in the thing that was my moment. Like I'm not worried about that spaceship at the very beginning. Uh, something that we in Phantasm were like, yeah, that moment I could do without. Uh, and then also, oh, we have to talk about the sequels that you won't see. So Phantasm, this is where Phantasm goes. And if you want to know more about Phantasm as a series, watch Joe Bob Briggs. He does a great rundown of the entire. Uh, uh, Phantasm world, but basically, so it ends. Of course, that Jody, actually, who'd been alive the whole time, had actually died in a car wreck. Uh, Reggie, who we'd seen die in the movie, is actually still alive. And at the very end, it seems like the tall man has stolen um, young Michael into the netherworld. But uh, we come back to the next one. It's made by a studio. It's ten years later. The studio demanded that Michael be recast with a more attractive uh, actor. And so they remake it. Basically, Michael's coming out of a, a, a mental institute after seven years. He and Reggie go on the road. They find out that the tall man is basically town by town uh, stealing bodies for his world and making an army. There's a lot of craziness. There's, a, there's some very strong female characters. And then in the end, Do they go... Do we see their breasts? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, there's one movie where the orbs are in the breast. I think that's three. You remember that one? That's Yeah, it's kind of a great... Uh, then they have part three, not a studio anymore. The original Michael comes back, uh, and so does Jody, but he's like an angel or a, a doppelganger or another dimensional character, but he's there a lot, and it's, it's kind of confusing. And then at the end, they kill the tall man with ice. They didn't realize it, but ice is what kills him. Well, because of gravity and the heat. That's right. That was an important... But he comes moment. back. He comes back in the part four. Part four is amazing because it's basically just made of outtakes from all the other movies. Uh, it's amazing how they does that. And we get the origin of the tall man. It turns out there was a, a preacher in the, in the old days. Uh, Jacob, what was his name? Zachariah, something like that. And that's the tall man. But he builds those little tuning forks that you can Isn't walk that into. Children of the Corn? It's a little bit like Children of the Corn. See, uh, I know my horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> Not a Philistine. Yeah, yes, you are. And uh, and and then at the end of that, there's an orb that pops out of Michael's head. It's kind of weird. And uh, the many versions of J Jody, the older brother, there's doppelgangers. They get destroyed several times. Part five ends up with Reggie alone, uh, and 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 is he's either in a nursing home dealing with dementia. He's either in the future fighting sort of a Terminator. Wait, wait, wait. And then all five were a dream. 
of his <laughs> Alzheimer's induced. That's a theory, but delusion. those that's could be. It's hard to say. But yeah, at the end, all three of them come together, and one of the final lines is Jody saying, "Hell of a way of a, 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 a trio to come together," echoing one of the first lines of the first one. Come on. Come on. And then Angus Grimm passed away. So I, who knows if we'll see. Or he just passed on to that other planet. Other dimension. Yeah. yeah, he went home. Okay, so let's see. What are some, what are some movies that we should... Yeah, from back there. Martyrs. Martyrs. Oh, <laughs> Do we know? Yeah, that's a good choice. I like good that. choice. Really are there good. Catholics? Are there Catholics in it? Because if they're Catholics, apparently I'll like it. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's religious folk on the... I think they're probably, probably Catholic, maybe. Yeah, yes. probably, yeah. Got an experiment they're we have, working we have on. another yeah. one here? Prince of Darkness. Oh, we haven't done Wait, any... does that have Keanu Reeves? <laughs> no. That, that would do, be a So do they have to be sort of... What's, what were the parameters? Do they have to be older? No, no, no. We've actually no, been doing please, all please, give me something. We have not yet... Recent. I would like, filmmakers I would know like what they're doing. for you to uh, inspect a movie that's playing at Fantastic Fest. Um, okay. I would like you to watch uh, The Golden Glove. So right, I find right. this to be um, uh, a, a really tremendous film on, say, like an auteur level, which I think maybe is your language. Um, uh, but it's also... You mean uh, good? Is that... Yeah, I think it's good in a lot of ways. Uh, to use... Is that a... Yeah. Um, uh, but I also think it's one of the most like horrifying uh, portraits of humanity uh, out there. Uh, I, and it's also one of the saddest horror movies I've ever seen. Uh, it's a really unique film, and I think it was it was lambasted in part in in Berlin when it debuted because it was too intense and too weird and too extreme. And uh, I'm really curious to see what the Fantastic Fest audience thinks of it um, because I adore it. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. When does it play? Right now. Right now? Like we could go see it right like now. At five o'clock? I don't know. Okay. Oh. I just work here. It just finished. Okay. Well, I will get you in there to watch that. Okay. So another, another screening. So, Prince of Darkness, one of Carpenter's like fan favorites. That's oh, a it's Carpenter. It's Carpenter. There's yeah. a few Carpenters I like. <laughs> no, not the band, not the music group. This is oh, John never mind. Carpenter. Never mind. Yeah, John. That one with the Barbie dolls. That was good. <laughs> Audition. Ooh, wow. These are great suggestions. Has a, a Korean film? Uh, Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Japanese. Oh, any others? Like movies, we can, not just the next one, but overall. It Follows. That's, I like that one. I have not seen that. A friend of mine produced it, and I've not seen it. Wow. I need to see it. Came out the same year as my movie, Follow, came out, did much better. Much, much, much better. <laughs> you forgot the it? I did. You had just put the, pretty sure that's, all in the title. that's the only problem. Yeah. Oh, God. The original he Last House. He really doesn't like that movie. I, yeah, that's... I, I, uh, it gets a little rapey. <laughs> you know? Don't really like that. I bet it scared the shit out of you, yeah. Wait. In a similar way of like, I, I don't... I, this filmmaker is... It's like you step into a car, and this is how I feel with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're in a car, and like, the driver seems like they knew what they were doing when they started. And like, I don't know where the fuck they're going to turn. Have they ever been in a car? And it's terrifying, yeah. Uh, you have another one? Yeah. The Void. Yeah, I yes. don't know. I don't know any of these titles. <laughs> you didn't know Phantasm, dude. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, the Long Cut. Okay. I, I've been trying to because I had him watch Night of the Living Dead, of course, and I've, of course, Dawn of the Dead. In, in my personal opinion, is Romero's best. Uh, and uh, but I, I, we have to wait to get him into another zombie film. But any others? Uh, those are some good ones. I don't know half of them. But I'm sure they'll be great. Okay. Oh yeah, back there. Tourist trap. Oh yeah, tourist trap would be a great one. Oh, it's a 19, 1980, I guess. Uh, it's a bizarre little movie. It's PG too, so you know you won't cry. Um, yeah, tourist trap's a great one. No yeah. breasts then. It's mannequins are the mannequins and kinetic power. Mannequin, I love that movie. Is that the mannequin that comes to life? Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> oh. Okay, so let's see. Uh, uh, well, let's do our best and... Uh, and uh, okay, so my favorite moments. scene favorite in Phantasm scene. actually is the scene when they go into the room and they see all the barrels. That was, that was a moment of, holy shit, a kind of brilliant, oh, there is depth to this. The production design was kind of brilliant. That whole room with all the barrels full of dwarves. Yes, there is that moment when Jody, Jody looks in. 
it says they're dwarves, and we don't really we don't get to see. We don't get to see, and it's clear we're meant to look in. Was he seen? He's like, oh, but dwarves. I that whole that whole sequence, uh, I felt for a moment, I felt like I was in good hands. Cool, and it was beautiful production design, and I even didn't mind the effect of the portal. Um, so that whole sequence. Oh, that's really a good. Cool. That's a great sequence. Yeah. Second, like runner-up is the orb in the brain. Yeah, which is weird that I would choose that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and my least favorite moment is shortly after the moment you're talking about. Uh, it's when the lights go out in the mausoleum, and it's like, do you have a big lighter? And it's all dark because I can't watch the movie. Really? That's <laughs> what you're going with. Okay, that's where I'm going. <laughs> it's not the scene when Reggie explains the whole action sequence that we don't get to see. When Reggie says, <laughs> I found the girls. They're alive. I got them out, and they ran off like scared rabbits. Like, okay. All right. It's, it's, it's a, again, the, the initial cut was four hours long. Sometimes I, I look at this movie. Is that really true? Yes. Sometimes I look at this movie, and I do think a little bit like, it feels a little bit like it was edited from someone else's movie uh, and, and put together to make a different movie, and I kind of love it. about Like, it's Night Train to Terror. Like, yeah, Terror Train Tonight, uh, whatever. And that's the horror. Wait, Thank wait, you wait, so we much. To, we have to assign your movie. No, well, okay, which one are you going to pick? Do you want to say, if we can watch Golden Glove? Oh, yeah, well, well, I'll get you to see Golden Glove. If I, can, if I have the time, I, what if I don't get to see it this weekend? If you don't get to see, see it, it, then if I'll, you don't... I'll find a means for you to see it. Okay, yeah, I will we'll totally watch it. a special screening just for you. <laughs> I'll it's watch whatever you ask me to watch. Always a popular podcast to be talking about a movie that no one has seen. Exactly. No, let's do something else. That's really a bad idea. Just for the sake of your podcast, let's not do that. I want you to see it, and I'd love your opinion about it. Okay. Um, but we should have a movie that more than a handful I'm of people I'm going to let you seen. choose. You heard all those different things, Tim. What, what, what no, do you me, think? Give me the list again. I have a bad uh, uh, Prince of Darkness, Martyrs. Martyrs. Uh, Martyrs, yeah. That's the one that resonated with me. Okay. Yeah. Martyrs? All right. Yeah. What year is that? It's like recent. This maybe like... Okay, uh, good. 12 years I'm ago. a little tired of the 70s and 80s, so I'd like something a little more recent. Damn you. Damn you to hell. Uh, so, yeah, it will be Martyrs. That's going to be great. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been... Thank you so much <laughs> for <laughs> joining us. Tim League, thank you uh, no, for no. shaming me <laughs> in my taste in film. I would understand. Russell Sharman. Thanks very much. Go watch Golden Club. <laughs> You're listening to the home.